Welcome to MoneyWeb Now. Business news every morning. It's Wednesday, 14 December, FOMC rate decision, 9 p.m. our time this evening. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Gary Boyson. I want to chat Zida, not the Zida Agri, the new Zida, the car hire, uh, newly listed. Is it an attractive investment or is this coming perhaps sort of peak market in a sense? Keith McLachlan, Integral Asset Management on Santova. Stellar year, stellar three years. Uh, more to offer in 2023. And Renogen, now producing LNG. Cookie Koimon from Denker Capital. Banks had a good 22. What about their 2023? The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines, News 24 basic income grant possible without tanking the economy, according to new report, although that is a report from the Social Services Department. Business Day, Chris Griffith falls on his sword to let Goldfields move on. He's taking the blame for the failed deal to buy the Canadian miner Yamana Gold, and he was Step down at the end of December. He's only been there, what, two years? Morning markets. Yes, was green. S&P up 0.7%. NASDAQ up 1.1%. That as November inflation came in better than expected. Asia is green. Sydney up half a percent. Tokyo up two-thirds of a percent. Commodities green across the board. Gold, $1,823 an ounce. Brent, eighty thirty-five a barrel. Platinum, 1045 And palladium, 1931 Rand is 1727 against the dollar. Bitcoin, 17,810 cent, almost 2% to the green in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call, about 500 points to the red. That's about 0.7% on the down. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Gary Boyson, you found him, of course, Rand Swiss. Gary, we had uh, Zida uh, and ZDDA, ZDD, the code, or ZZD rather, the code, listing on the JC yesterday, spun out of Barlow World. Your take on it as a as a potential investment? I mean, my sense is a bit of a top of the market in terms of demand in the car rental space. Maybe I'm missing parts. No, I think it might be a, a good assessment. So, yeah, obviously coming into the market now, it has been a tough period for, for companies like this. I mean, it's essentially Avis and budget. Uh, you know, while they, you know, compared to their, their 2021 numbers, they, they look like they're doing pretty, pretty, pretty well. But mm. uh, if you go back to 2019 pre pandemic, I mean, they may managed 8.1 billion in revenue versus 10.2 billion uh, in, in 2019. So you can see it's, it's actually a slightly smaller business. Their fleet is about uh, 70% uh, of what it was. And it's been, a, it's been a tough period for, for the company. And it, uh, I suppose it is recovering now. I mean, it isn't, it's an old business. So let's, let's not pretend mm-hmm. it's a new business on exchange. It's got, uh, you know, a very long track record it was listed 17 years ago uh, the business has been around you know over 50 years so it, it is established but uh, but i think it's, it's still in for a difficult time it hasn't yet recovered from that that kind of uh, COVID knock that it took yeah. uh, obviously we have all the supply chain issues etc but um but I think times are still going to be very difficult. So one of the things that, that kind of has me a little bit concerned is just the way that the, the, the debt is being you know, reshuffled. So basically, Barlow World's, uh, the, the, the 
um, Bollowell debt is being converted to ABSA debt. Mm. Uh, this is going to have to be refinanced in the next couple of years, and interest rates are high. And and for a business like this, you know, high interest rates and 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 kind of like a you know just just a, well, I think to, total debt sitting at, at 4.6 billion on a on a what a, a 3.1 billion market cap company uh, it could it is significant for the business and we've already seen in, in combined motor holdings results uh, you know very very cautious about what what the, the future brings given the high interest rate environment but I suppose yesterday the executive it was you know a big big fanfare with the listing <laughs> on the JSE they were striking a very optimistic tone, but but I do think things are going to be tough. Yeah, and, and uh, blowing the horn and all sorts of fun and games. Quick last question. we got FAMC out 9 o'clock our time this evening. 50 basis points seems to be after that inflation number yesterday, the likely outcome? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I haven't looked at the latest Fed funds futures, but we were already at uh, you know early earlier in the week we had about an eighty percent chance that it would be uh, fifty basis points rather than the seventy five. But I think it's all going to come down to the commentary. So where, yeah. where where does this you know where does the the messaging leave us in terms of the terminal rate in the U.S.? Uh, are we going to be at five percent, five point five? Uh, and I think that's going to be very key to the markets. The, the commentary afterwards is going to be everything, and it's going to tell us whether we should turn this S&P 500 down off that 200-day moving average and then sell aggressively into Christmas, or whether, or whether we're going to have a nice Santa rally. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be that press conference, Jerome Powell, and of course minutes, but the minutes come out, they'll come out only next year. Gary Boyson, uh, Rand Swiss, as always, appreciate the time this morning and over the course of the year. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with uh, Keith McLaughlin here of Integral Asset Management. Uh, Keith Santova, and I confess up front, this is the stock I got wrong in the pandemic. I couldn't see it doing a great time, so I took the money and ran. Uh, it is, uh, over the last three years, up almost 400% over the last, uh, what, so far this year to date, uh, almost some 50% up. It frankly has had a stellar pandemic. I mean, it, it sounds weird, but they really have managed to do incredibly well. I suppose the question is... I, I know you've been holding it. Is this still something that you think can deliver returns in 2023? Morning, Simon. And uh, well, the the short answer is absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, ignore the ignore the last year or so. Mm. Consider consider all things relative, and we're looking at a company that over the last ten years, and over the last ten years has been recession, strong rand, weak rand has been all sorts of things, and they've been uh, steadily internationally expanding despite mm. all the chaos. Includes a pandemic as well. And over the last 10 years, they've grown their revenue 13.4% year-on-year. They've grown their headline uh, earnings per share with a little bit of uh, operating leverage at 20% year-on-year. With a track record like that, why is it trading on 4.9 times price earnings? So irrespective because what the share price has done is a sunk, sunk cost for, for people that are coming in new. Uh, for the rest of us that hold it, that's great, but it, it, it's irrelevant. It doesn't change the, the investment proposition yet. The investment proposition is this is a company with a stellar track record that is executing 
executing and it's executing superbly over long periods of time with uh in a absolutely a huge total addressable market because global trade is just so big they uh can carry on growing i remember i ran the calculations and if santover ever gets to one percent of global trade they'll be uh in the top 40. <laughs> that would be an astounding story from a smaller company in the point in, in, in Durban. But I, I take, your, take your point around, around that growth, and, and, and it has been spectacular. And what they've also done, when I first was digging around this company, probably about 10 years ago, it was South Africa. And now it really has globalized itself. And yeah, South Africa is important. But uh, I mean, last time I checked, I mean, half of the business is, is more than half is now offshore. Uh, significantly more than half. In fact, uh, we, we're looking at about 90% of the businesses offshore. Um, and, and, and you're correct. You, you go back about 12, 15 years, uh, and Santovo was largely a Durban-based mm-hmm. domestic clearing and forwarding business. That's all it was. And what uh, Glenn Gerber uh, with his team have done is that they shifted the business into really a non-asset-based supply chain manager and they opened up trade routes globally. First first really into the UK, uh, Europe and Africa, then into Asia and the most recent acquisition is really in the US that's actually on a very low multiple. They got a wonderful beachhead there from, uh, because there's, uh, there's a surprising amount of barriers to entry to uh, logistics in, uh, in the US from licenses and the like. But from there, the objective is to grow that into a significant segment. So they're slowly and steadily opening up the world, uh, opening up trade routes. And they've they've done so last 10, 12 years, and they will carry on doing so. Yeah, and of course, the key thing is they're asset light. They don't have planes, boats, trucks, trains, and all the rest. They have a a really fancy piece of software. Uh, Switching to perhaps the other side is is Renogen, which if I I zoom out the chart, again, let's do it over a three-year chart, it was pretty much tracking Santova, um, and then this year had a a much tougher year. The the expectation was a good LNG and helium flowing uh, sort of around Q2. That took longer than expected, but the LNG is as I understand, up and running and leaving Virginia in the free state. Yes, so, uh, I mean, spare a thought for people um, trying to get massive, complex projects off the ground and running during a pandemic with supply chain chaos. So, on the one hand, yes, the the phase one of the Virginia gas project was, was, was late and delayed. On the other hand, you know, this is during a pandemic of supply chain chaos. It is running. They've, uh, they've already announced LNG deliveries, and we've confirmed that, for example, Etel Tile Ceramic has, uh, uh, has been receiving LNG gas. So that's happened. What we are expecting is the helium module, which was, which was delayed, they fixed up, and it should be running. And in literally any day now, they should put out an announcement where they've, they've, they've managed to uh, produce helium. And this, this is a very important moment. Yeah. Irrespective of helium, they've gone from a developer to a gas producer. So LNG is being produced now. That's, that's a de-risking moment. And the moment helium comes in stream, there will then be a helium producer. These are very, very important moments that line up and put phase two, which is multiples the size of phase one, in the crosshairs, and this time next year, we should have the major variables for phase two locked in, such that, uh, and and a full year of producing LNG and helium, such that Renogen, uh, well, the next 12 months are absolutely huge for them. 
Uh, assuming everything works, this is a stock that could easily double. Assuming, and there's there's always risk around here. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, if 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 something goes wrong, I'll, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of feel the share price reflecting that, but people could argue otherwise. Yeah, but but I like your point. I mean, it's gone from explorer developer. It's now actually a producer. It, it's now the real McCoy. It, it is shipping LNG. Yep, stuff can go wrong. Uh, all places, things can always go wrong. We'll leave it there. Keith McLaughlin, Integral Asset Management. Appreciate the early morning this morning and during the year. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative beyond delivering consistent returns. Investing in the Stanlib Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Cookie Quayman from Denke Capital. Cookie, appreciate the early morning time. Uh, I was chatting. It, it might have been you. It might have been your colleague, Jan, uh, uh, at, at the beginning of this year uh, around banks. And you said, no, nope, banks should have a good year. And indeed, I mean, the index is up some 10%. If you add in dividends, and they've certainly come back to paying dividends, a very good year for the, the, the banking sector locally. Question, can we expect it to continue into 2023? There was some base effect that obviously came through this year. Uh, higher rates helped uh, expectations for next year yeah no simon expectations are still um fairly good mm-hmm. um but i mean one must start off by saying that 23 is going to be a tough year i, mean, I happen to actually see all the bank ceo all the yeah, bank and life insurance almost all the life insurance ceos uh, three weeks ago mm-hmm. and it's, it's interesting how all of them came back with the same message 23 is going to be a tough year uh, because of all the factors we all know. You know, load shedding, yeah. uh, still continued high world prices, although they've been coming down. World is going to a recession. Use most probably a recession. I don't know if it will have averted. But, you know, just globally will be a tough year. Uh, the positive could be a China uh, opening up of, uh, of the COVID restrictions and a rebound, and that will help commodity prices. But generally a tough year. But... Uh, the benefit for South Africa banks is, like globally, uh, all of them are benefiting from higher interest rates, which mean that uh, the net interest margins will improve. And um, and then control over operational expenditure is still strong. Having said that, when I look back at 21 and 22, mm. what really stands out is the control of operational expenditure. The banks have really been good in keeping costs low. So there will have to be some higher growth. Inflation is higher, so salary increases will be higher. So operational expenditure will be higher than last year. But then the main point is really provisions. And you'll recall in 2020, the COVID year, we saw very high provisions being raised um, and which looked as if the banks had bad results. Um, But then in 21, they came with phenomenal results simply because those provisions were released again. And so 23, you'll see something like that, where because of the worsening of the global economy and the SA economy, they might have to take higher provisions. 
And so the banks operationally, we think, will do okay, um, but the provision charge might be higher. Bad debts, they're actually not expecting uh, a big problem. Uh, so, and that's globally. We, we've just been to Europe, seen all the banks there, and everybody is saying, yeah, um, the balance sheets are in strong shape uh, post-COVID, both retail and corporate clients have uh, changed behavior, weaker clients uh, didn't make it through COVID, so the strong have survived. So all in all, 23 should be an okay year, not a great year because of the macro environment, but the valuations are still very good. Um, you know, APSA, NetBank, NetBank still trading just over book value, APSA at 1.28. So we expect a return on capital of about make it 18% average, sure. okay. uh, make it 17, 18. So, you know, in a tough year, you're still growing shareholder value at 18%, and a third of that you most probably get out in a dividend, so the dividend yields are still 6%. So that they, they're not expensive. Um, so if you look at 21, then APSA, NetBank, and Standard Bank did very well. All of them will have grown uh, the share prices by about, make it, 20, uh, 28, 23%, 21%. Mm -hmm. And the two expensive ones in 21 that started 21 expensive first and Capitec went nowhere. Uh, so now all the valuations, first is obviously now cheaper. Capitec is now quite a bit cheaper again. So, you know, I, I, I think the banks will still be a good investment, but, but not as, you know, sort of a no-brainer as they were at the beginning of, of last year. Maybe the, the one sector that, that is interesting is the insurers. Yeah. Uh, the insurers have really been hammered. Uh, whereas the banks are up 20 on average, the insurers are all down 20 on average. And a lot of that comes from sort of continued high mortality claims, uh, you know, uh, business uh, payouts. Uh, you had the floods. We had you know, a lot of events happening on the P and property and and, and casualty P and C space, and the, and the life side has had big payouts. So uh, twenty three for the insurance sector should be better. You know, with one shouldn't have the same amount of claims, and there are also now. Uh, I think someone must be trading at its cheapest value in must be around like ten years. So, yeah, I think the financial sector will do generally well, but maybe the insurers, 23, will do better than the banks. Okay, I take your point. Some of the insurance there. And, and I like your point. I mean, the, the, the banks are still cheap, but it's going to be a little tougher next year than it was this. We'll leave it there. Cookie Koeman, Danke Capital. Always appreciate the early morning insight. <laughs> That's it for today. Uh, a poll today, chatting there with uh, Keith around uh, uh, Santova. Uh, over 50% this year, almost 400% in the last three years. Can it repeat this in 2023? Uh, Keith says maybe not quite so spectacular, but still a good-looking stock. You can have your vote. You can have your say on LinkedIn and Twitter. And yesterday's poll, we'd been chatting with Adrian Seville, talking U.S. inflation, interest rates into next year. We asked if the U.S. can get back to its 2% target in 20. 23. Just after half of you, just just over half percent, over half said no ways. Uh, just under half said maybe, but not easy. And then a small amount, a three or four percent said uh, definitely. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn.
This show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit stanlip.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Programming note, uh, tomorrow's our, live sh- our last live show for the year, but we do have shows every day next week. We've been recording this week, and then we are back 9 Jan. We're live every weekday morning, MoneyWeb website in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Listen to the live stream of MoneyWeb Now at the same time every weekday. For more business, finance and investment news. MoneyWeb Now on The Money. Also available on podcast.